One shot at a time. Welcome back to the Enjoy the Walk podcast quarantine edition uh, brought to you by your host Dalton and uh, Dante as always. Guys, thank you for joining us again this week. Hope you guys are staying happy, healthy, and a little bit busy wherever you're at in these uh, crazy times. Uh, Dante, we got some simulator golf to talk about, don't we? Yeah, you and the uh, good old OptiShot sounds like. Tell you what, the OptiShot too, man. It's uh, It took a little, uh, you know, forward thinking i think to uh to truly get it honed in but now that i've i've hit probably my fair share of a thousand shots on it i think we've got it uh we've got it dialed in man it's uh it's been a lot of fun these last couple days yeah it looks like it i was seeing the post that you put up it seems like you have a nice setup uh got very lucky with the apartment (laughs) i'm at right now 10 foot ceilings uh can swing a driver i mean just bombs away let it loose you know so uh blessed absolutely blessed to have the room to hit this uh hit this simulator full go now uh is it so correct me if i'm wrong it's technically in front of your is it in front of your tv it is right and then it kind of leads into the right of the kitchen like yeah so who don't follow us are interested on like how i've got this thing set up um it's it's pretty funny um i basically overtaken the entire living room uh, my roommate had no say in the matter. Um, actually, he he approved it. He was cool with it. So I'm not being an asshole roommate. But uh, yeah, I've I've basically taken over the whole living room. Uh, my TV is on the far wall um, and right directly in front of my TV. We actually have this uh, huge desktop uh, kind of modem, you know, big tower desktop um, that I've plugged in the uh, OptiShot to. Basically, that plugs right into our TV. So I have the TV as like our simulator monitor. Um, can basically play you know youtube or spotify behind it to crank the jams as as we're playing a little opt shot and uh i i bought a fairly inexpensive shout out to go sports uh they're inexpensive golf net it's a seven foot by seven foot not too many people make a net that small um i wasn't able to buy like the big 10 footers like most companies sell wouldn't have fit in my wouldn't have fit in my apartment like it would have covered my roommate's door to get into the, you know, to his room. So I bought a seven footer, uh, works perfectly for our apartment. Uh, doesn't take up the whole place and yeah, man, phone balls, real balls, whatever you want to hit. Uh, I will say the OptiShot has an option for no golf ball and you can just swing at like the point, the little dot on the, on the receptor. Hate it. Absolutely hate it. Not a good option. Yeah, I would have to. I would have to hit something. I mean, I can sit there and work on my swing and take full swings, working on you know different aspects of where I need to put the club. But if I'm actually going to play, whether it's obviously real golf or even simulator mm-hmm. golf, I have to be hitting a golf ball, whether now, it's foam or solid. Now I will say, and this was pretty cool because, like I just said, you can there's settings for the foam ball and settings for the real ball. Going back and forth between a foam ball, a real ball, and back to the foam ball, you really, really, really develop some face awareness. It's almost like weight training. Like, you know how, like, yeah. baseball players swing mm-hmm. with, like, the sleeve and the weight on their base? It's exactly what that is, but, like, for golf. So you, you hit the real golf ball a couple times, then you hit the foam ball. Your, your hands just act so much quicker going from the real ball to the foam ball. You can really – get gain some awareness of like where your face actually is coming through the ball. It's something I figured out today that was kind of like mind blowing. Um, so yeah, like basically I've been going back and forth, just kind of at the driving range on this simulator 
hit like 10 or 15 shots with a real ball. Then are hitting like 10 or 15 with a foam ball and just kind of playing back and forth. I've really been able to gain a really good awareness for the, where the, where the club face is at. So what clubs are you hitting with a real ball and a foam ball? Are we pulling driver um, out? Well, one, are, can you swing driver in your house? Oh, I can swing every club in my bag in the house. Well, that's, that, uh, that's, uh, that's good to know. So are you, are you teeing it up with a nice, solid, like, Titleist Pro V1 with the driver, or are we, we putting that on, the, on a foam ball on the tee? What, what's, what do we got right, going so, on? So here's the conditions, right? Um, when everyone is gone, I'm teeing up driver, real ball. <laughs> when there's people in when, – when my roommate's in the apartment, it's foam ball all day. Um, the – noise in my little apartment my little two bedroom you know two bath one kitchen shared middle space the noise this driver makes when you crank one up oh boy and my roommate my roommate was coming home from getting groceries yesterday and he parked one full complex down and said he heard me cranking driver in because the, the window was open. So yeah, so there's uh there's kind of like you know curfews from when I can tee up a real ball and when I can hit foam balls. But uh, yeah, man, every now and then it's nice to just let loose on a full driver swing with a real ball every now and then. Yeah, and I noticed you uh, you posted a two under seventy at a at Phoenix. Is that was that the course you played? Oh yeah, TPC so, so, uh, Phoenix Open. You know Scottsdale out there. We uh we got our ball around there pretty well. So, I will. You know, I may sound like I'm busting balls, but I, I I may not. Did you have auto putt on? So here's the deal with the OptiShot putting system. Um, I took an eight on my first hole actually on that round, and I shot seventy. Wow! Because the putting is weird. Okay. But hear me out. I was putting with a foam ball at first, right? And then I was like, wait a minute. I'm going to switch the settings to real ball for the putting and actually hit like a real ball. The minute I switched to using a real ball in the OptiShot, and it like it tells you how much feet you have. It kind of gives you like the Tiger Woods PGA, like green reading. You can mm-hmm. kind of see yeah, where the slope yeah. is and everything. Yeah. You know? So you, you can adjust and like hit putts. Boy, I tell you what, when I switched to the real ball, when like on the greens, it was night and day. It was actually like realistic. Now I did have 10 feet and in was gimmies, but it wasn't automatic one putt gimmies. I hit a shot to five feet. It told me I two putted. Oh, so it told you. So oh, yeah, you don't have an option of just like one putt. I mean, you do, I guess, but I didn't want to set it up that way because I didn't think it was like so fair. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. they just let me three jack from five feet. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's funny. So <laughs> when I played in a simulator league, uh, over the winter last year, the uh, the guy kind of basically said, yeah, we're doing auto putt, but it's kind of an honor system. So he wrote down between X amount of feet was the given putts that you would take. So I think if it was like inside seven, in between seven and 10 feet inside that, you got a one putt. And if it was 10.1 and to so-and-so, it was two putts. And then I think it was like 30, I don't know, and so on. It was three putts, and then that was the most. So he kind of did that because I know I know simulator golf can be very finicky when it comes to putting, but mm-hmm. it seems as if the putting on the optic shot is is pretty good once you once you figured out the the kinks. Well, that's and, it, and, and that's the thing. Like we've said about simulator golf, is you you're playing golf, you're 
you're still being able to get that swing in. You'll be able to still play golf, but you still have to figure out the video game aspect of it. Yeah. And that's what kind of takes away well, from and the And hear me out here. Hear me out. What are the rest of the flight track simulators? You know, what are they starting at? Skytrack is probably your one of your cheaper options at two grand along with your Mevo. And like, this is actual like systems I you think... can play courses on. You know what I'm saying? Not just like stuff you can get flight track information from. Obviously the Mevo mini or whatever can give you all of your like ball information, your club speed, this, that, and the other thing. But like, I'm talking systems that you can actually play golf courses. We on. talking track, man. We're talking foresight. You're talking Skytrack probably being the second cheapest option. Guys, drum roll, please. Right? Like drum roll for the OptiShot, $300. That's, and you're getting some pretty good data off of uh, what you were what you were playing. I tell you what's the most impressive part about the OptiShot, and yes, I'm turning this into an ad for the OptiShot because I realize a lot of people don't have it, and I want matches, so I'm promoting the shit out of this so I can get people in matches in the OptiShot. So no shame in what I'm about to say. If I had room, I'd get one too, and we'd be done. We'd be uh, <laughs> we'd be pushing a lot of content there in quarantine mode against some uh, YouTube matches. Virtually. I have to say. The most impressive thing is it gives you swing speed. It gives you your uh, takeaway path. It gives you your swing path coming through. It tells you if your club face is open or closed at impact before and after impact. So it tells you all that information. So basically, I mean, like right there alone, you're getting all the information you need to understand the points that like where your golf swings at at impact. Because let's be honest, at the end of the day, if you're working on stuff, that's all that matters. Where's your, mm. where's your club face at impact? What's the path in takeaway? What's the path coming through? And what's your swing speed? You know, like maybe you don't have the right shafts or something like that. But like, I mean, it gives you all the and, necessary information to actually make good swings and make improvements in your game. Uh, for sure. Because, and, that, and if no one's gone to a fitting and you go to a fitting a lot of time, it's it, the fittings that I've gone to, we've utilized TrackMan. So you get every single type of data. So you're seeing... You're seeing spin rate. You're seeing every little data entry, and that can be overwhelming to the to the general, uh, mm-hmm. just to the general public, to the your basic amateur who wants to get a little bit better and maybe hopefully dial in some you know dispersion they're seeing or or see what's going on. And they say they want to get new clubs and kind of get something that's a little bit fit more for their swing. That can get overwhelming when you see all the numbers. But at the end of the day, like you're saying, for an amateur golfer, they kind of fix they have the best without paying like thousands of dollars and in you know like teachers and whatnot but obviously the teachers and the instructors i would still recommend they go to them because they're the ones that study this and have the knowledge base and can definitely tell but if if you're someone who really wants to you know especially now um if you just want to learn on your own and and just just even learn the game and understand the swing that's what you need. Just understanding like, all right, well, why is, why is my ball going right? Why am I slicing it? Well, maybe, okay, maybe my, my path is, you know, a little, I'm taking it outside and bringing it in and the, and the face is wide open. And now we're causing some right spin and that's where the balls you're starting to see go left. And then, and then starts hook uh, slicing back right for a right-handed golfer. So that's perfect to see that the, uh, the OptiShot gives you that the littlest of data, but the most effective data in order to, Oh, 
this is what I need to work on to eliminate this aspect. Absolutely. And, and the best part is like they, they have driving range options, but like I said, like we just mentioned, I played the golf club at Scottsdale is what is called in the game, which is TPC Scottsdale where they have the waste management open. Mm-hmm. There's like 12 courses that are included with this thing. Um, the, the Kapalua golf course, uh, St. George's Royal golf course, Torrey Pines, North and South Warwick Hills golf course, Beth page black. Let me just tell you after that, uh, round that I shot 70 at TPC Scottsdale, I was feeling pretty damn good about myself. So I was like, let's take on the black, right? Dude, I was, I think nine over after nine holes. I was all over the place. I shut it down. I absolutely <laughs> shut it down. But then there's four. <laughs> that's, oh, it was bad, dude. And that's what's great. You can just turn it off like a video game if you're playing some high end yep. course instead of spending, you know, hundreds of dollars when you're there and you're like, crap, I have to struggle through this. Oh, I was bad. But I mean, like other courses out in the Palm uh, Palm Springs area, Bighorn, uh, both courses from Bighorn are out there. There's Cog Hill. There's Royal Livam in St. Anne's. There's the old course, St. Andrews. I mean, guys, let's be honest for a second. $300 for a, a I mean, let's be honest, rudimentary system. It's not going to knock your socks off with, with information or graphics, but it gets the job done and you can have some fun and get some swings in inside for probably a total package if you buy the net the mat and everything of five hundred dollars when you're all said and done to your door ready to play guys it takes one usb to plug this thing in and you're ready to rock all day long like and you just plug that in you just plug that into i plug it into i used to plug it into my laptop now i plug it into our desktop like tower that we have okay but then the tower has got an hdmi that runs right back to so our. You, so you're late so you're linking TV. it up to a computer yep. and then if you have a, a HDMI cord, you can hook the computer up Correct. over now, to a big the, monitor, and now cool you have thing, a nice screen. The cool thing I heard uh, one of my buddies doing, um, he actually puts it into his uh, iPad, right? Like he links it up to his iPad somehow uh, through a, like a, a connector, and then he Chromecasts it to his TV. So it's wireless. Mm. Nice. It's like it's it's playing on his iPad, but it's also playing on his TV. Eliminate the cords. Yeah, so there's no cords there. So I mean, there's so many cool options, and and obviously there's like up, upgrade packages to where um, they call it like the mini tour package and the pro and the PGA package. The PGA package comes with some killer courses. It comes with Steel City Golf uh, Country Club, which is Oakmont. Um, that's the funny thing that I I had to laugh my butt off about the whole OptiShot system. There must have been like copyright issues when they went to design all these courses. So they just gave them different names. Well, that's like, a, Nothing matches the actual course name, but like Southampton Hills, Shinnecock, uh, Shanghai International, it's where they had the, uh, the Zozo, you know, like just like all kinds of cool stuff like that. Lay, Lay Golf Albatross is the, where they had the, uh, where they had the, uh, the Ryder Cup a couple years ago in Paris. I mean, and a lot of good courses. So depending on how much you want to pay for this thing, you can obviously spend some money and play a lot of professional tour design courses. But man, I'm telling you what, for 300 bucks, this thing is knocking my socks off of having a, a very, very good time and giving me great information. And that's funny because a lot of the, uh, so the, the golf, like I don't have the room to put up a net or an option shot. I wish mm-hmm. I did or I would totally do it. Might have to convince, uh, you know, see if we can get, do a little work in the, uh, in the, in the garage. See if I was we can say, Dante, up. I've seen your living room. You have vaulted ceilings in there, uh, buddy. I, I know. Do some convincing. I know. 
I know. But no, going back to like the course names on like the, the video game aspect, the golf club, they have a lot of courses that are, you know, different names, but it's literally a court. Like here you go. This one I was playing, it was called Firethorn National. It was literally Augusta to the T. <laughs> I mean, to the T and everything. And, it, and that's, that's all you need. I mean, you gotta, you're basically playing golf. You're, even if it's like a made up course, it's like just a decent course. That's, you know, it's got par fives, par fours, par threes, playing maybe 60, 6,800 yards or whatever. You had something like, I don't know, whatever. Just the, you're basically, you, you have the ability right now because we're, you know, it's quarantine season. Uh, so you have that ability to still play golf, to still be able to get the swings. And, and not many people, those that are in the States that don't, uh, you know, the governor shut down the golf courses. I mean, you're in, you're in one of them. You have, you still have the ability to play golf. You still have the ability yeah. to take your bag out and go through putter all the way up the driver, which is great. So, I mean, you're not, you don't need much. And right now you, you're actually, you have the perfect, you have the room, you have the space. Well, you made the space and you have the ability to play golf and that's great. And that, and, and as golfers, like we're going nuts right now. That, that oh, there's no doubt it. about I mean, it. We, we talked about, uh, um, I found an area, a little grassy area in front of my neighborhood. I'm, the most I'm taking so far, I haven't done it yet, is probably 100 yards. That's all I'm taking. Like, mm. I'm, t- I'm pulling three wedges out of, my, out of my bag. I'm riding my bike up to the, to the front of the neighborhood and dropping some balls and just kind of playing, you know, hit and chase and then repeat. I mean, you have, you have it all there, which is great. So if anybody that has to, to the right now, how bad do you want to play? Cause the, the opportunities out there to play, I think right now, and you know, not full on play obviously, cause you know, just, our courses are shut down, but to swing and to just mm-hmm. get, get reps in, I mean, it's out there for the taking and uh, yeah, I've, I've been having a lot of fun with it. That's awesome. And it's a, it's a perfect time to get better too. You know, you're not, cause usually Practice is fun. I like to work on my game, but half the times I like to work my work on my game is mm-hmm. I'm on the course. You know, I I'll go out and play play a round of eighteen and come back to the bar. You know, and shoot with the shit with the guys, grab a beer, grab some lunch, and then tell myself, oh man, I need to go out and work on this. You know, what am I doing? With my takeaway, am I or what? What did I see out in the course today that you know? Let me go work on. And then people are like, yeah, Yo, you want to go play another eighteen more? Oh, absolutely, yeah. easy answer. Hell yeah. Now you really can't do that. <laughs> So now's the time to, you know, maybe invest in, you know, working on, working on that game to get yourself a little bit better. So when that time does come, which it will, uh, <laughs> let's say we're all, we're all, we're all in this together. It will. Yeah, um, there's no doubt about it. You can get I, back think- out there and then you may even, and you ever had that time where, you know, some people, they only play during golf season during like the peak, peak season, you know, like April to, you know, maybe mid-september and then they're they they lock it down and they come back and then that first round they come out they shoot the best round of their life because they put it away that could that Me. could be you. yeah <laughs> that could that could be you i mean you, but you could be practicing all this time and go out and shoot the uh the round of your life at the mid beginning of the season yeah there's no doubt about it we just got to keep moving keep our bodies moving you know get out and just walk around if you, if you want to stay you know some sort of busy you know we're, we aren't forbidden from going outside and at least enjoying no. some fresh air so get out there guys you know whether it's enjoying the walk on the golf course if you're 
courses are still open or if it's enjoying the walk just around your neighborhood, just get out, enjoy the fresh air and uh, do whatever it takes to put a smile on your face because that's what matters right now. And uh, I hope uh, I hope our next interview can do that for you guys as well. Um, we have a pretty special interview with a uh, a kid in the industry that's kind of just breaking ground in his brand, but uh, already turning some heads in, in what he's doing in the golf bag industry. So I uh, can't wait to get into uh, Tyler McDaniels and, and his Tyler's golf bag, you know, his product and how he got to, uh, you know, turning out golf bags the way he's doing right now. So, uh, but before we go, you know, before we get into that, I, I, I need to just talk about the game of golf, the game of life that we've always talked about. You know, we've heard it time and time again on all of our podcasts, how golf is so similar to life. And I, I think that that conversation is being tested and in, in both ways, it's being tested of like, yes, golf is so considerate to life because it's tough it tests us. It tests our will to press forward. It tests, tests us as humans to say, you know, like, all right, how are you going to deal with adversity? And I think now more than ever, we're truly dealing with adversity in all aspects of life. Every single one of us um, in some way, shape or form, we know someone who's truly being affected by what's going on in our world right now. And uh, we're just doing our best as enjoy the walk to give back the ba- the way we know how. Um, and that's through the game of golf the game of life t-shirts stickers and hats uh that we have up on our website 100 percent of the profits from that guys go back to the the folks in the industry here in maryland and new jersey that have been completely shut down um these guys on the you know pretty much flip of a switch went from probably getting ready for one of their busiest seasons to date to all of a sudden not having jobs um it's affected our golf industry and we really hope to just be able to you know with our brand be able to give back and we've we've done a, a good bit of sales already and we just thank you guys so much for supporting this movement and we can't wait to give back to that industry so check on our website www.enjoythewalk.store um any and all purchases would truly truly mean so much um to to not only us but to those in the golf industry that are that are hurting right now you know in these times and like dante said we just uh we're in this together you know we all want to help each other and support each other in every way possible so that's how that's how we're doing it and uh, we hope you guys can support so it means a lot and uh, without further ado we'll get into our interview with uh, Tyler from Tyler's Golf Bags. Welcome back to the Enjoy the Walk podcast. I hope wherever you guys are quarantined here for the time being you guys are enjoying yourselves swinging the sticks. Dante uh, I heard you got yourself quite the setup. I, I yeah I do. Um, I'm I'm dying over here though. I'm itching uh, to get out and play. Courses are on lockdown, but you know I know a lot of people are starting to find ways to play indoor golf. A lot of nets are being made. A lot of nets are being bought and sold. I don't have the room to do that. However, my neighborhood actually has this pretty much grassy area lot, uh, which is about maybe a hundred yards. So I've been just dialing in 50 yards, 70 yards and a hundred yard shots, just taking, just riding my bike up to the, uh, I feel like a kid again from in high school, dude. I mean, legit, I wake up, I eat breakfast, I go back to my room. I'll like watch like Netflix and play video games. And then I'll go downstairs, eat lunch. And then I'll grab, you know, I'll grab a couple wedges. I'll grab uh, you know, a bag of balls and I'll grab, I'll grab my bike. Cause I don't really feel like driving up there. Um, I said, well, I need to get some type of 
exercise now because they're just sitting inside the house all day. Dude, so I ride so my funny. bike up there and then I was like, what am, what's going on? The time, times are weird. I have a simulator that I'm kind of rocking on right now. And it's like, it is, it's like, I feel like a kid I'm playing a video game all day long, but it's just, you know, it's a golf video game. Um, you know, but some States are a little luckier than, than we are as far as being open. Um, you know, Virginia has some golf going on Delaware to in-state residents. Um, and a lot of them are encouraging walking. So, um, you know, we thought what better guests to have on the show, uh, during the time that walking the golf course seems like the best, if not the only scenario, uh, to get golf in. So uh, joining us today is Tyler McDaniel from Tyler's Golf Bags. And uh, he's, he's pretty much flipping the industry upside down on, on how a walking golf bag looks, um, how it performs, and, and how it gets to you and your personal specifications. So Tyler, thanks for joining us, man. How's everything out in California? Awesome, man. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, you know, holding on just like the rest of us, trying to figure it out, getting forward, what's going to happen. But we got walking bags, and that could be something that's very – you know, very prominent pretty soon. So yeah, I'll get into that. For sure, man. No, there's definitely something to be said about the way you're doing bags. And like you said, I'm sure we'll get into it here in a little bit, but you know, first you got to tell us was golf love at first sight for you or, or did you end up playing different sports as a kid or, or, you know, how did you get introduced to the game? Uh, this is funny, actually. Um, both my parents worked in golf, still do a lot. Uh, my mom actually coaches at UC Berkeley. She's started the women's program there 20 some years ago and my dad's always worked at a country club for about 20 some years so I was around it grew up you know in the pro shop got to play at the course he worked at all day it was awesome <laughs> obviously my mom being around it you know I was the you know the nine-week-old kid at tournaments and there's those stories and stuff but yeah it was it was that so I was always close and then our family friends would inevitably be golfers so it was fun to Grew up with it like that. So, yeah, I guess you could kind of say I was forced into yeah, it. I was going to say, was, now, I got to cut a... you off real quick. Most people say, oh, I, I picked up a club around like five or seven. You just uttered nine months. You were a nine-month-old baby hanging around the golf course as your mom was coaching? There's, yeah, there's pictures. I, can, I, can, I don't have them on hand, but I can, I can get them if you, if you want to believe it. That's cool, <laughs> man. No, that's awesome. And so there's something to be said about it being in your bloodline, which is, which is awesome. And there's a tried and true golf nut standing in front of us for sure. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. But from there, uh, it was always growing up, I always wanted to play everything. And then it got to about sixth grade. My buddy, uh, I noticed my buddy was starting to walk down the hill after school every day. I'm like, dude, wh wh where are you going? He's like, oh, I'm going to the course, man. Like, oh, I can go to the course. Like, so, so, and then every day, literally, it just became a thing. Walk down to the course, you know, play your nine, do whatever you do as a sixth, seventh grade golf nut. I mean, we've all, <laughs> some of us have been there, maybe some picked it up later, but it's fun and it's super exhilarating at that time. But then, of course, and, you know, I was always into other stuff. Um, basketball, soccer, played a bunch of that. Played everything, really, but basketball soccer I would say played ran ran cross country I was into that so say so I played a lot but then by the time I got to 12 13 I was like all right I'm gonna start really playing golf because you start hitting it further and I don't know I had a good situation and I realized that so kept playing golf and that was that was that that's awesome no it's funny because we always hear from time to time like you know every person has a different story of how they got into the game and how, how whether it's you know picking it up later in life after college or you know getting serious about it early it's always fun from our perspective to kind of see when people get into it and you know i know you played a little bit of college golf and it seems like you know those that end up playing college golf tend to pick it up earlier 
than most and, and, you know, um, kind of get into the game a little early. So, you know, walk us through a little bit of your college experience. Where did you first, you know, start going to school and then where did you end up ultimately playing a majority of your college golf and still play a little bit to this day? That's right. That's right. So, Actually, first year out of high school, I went to Washington State for a year, and that was actually good. Loved the school, had a good time, but it was good. I, and I didn't play golf there. I was meant to have a tryout, and I had other ideas in mind. So I didn't go to the tryout, did a year there, realized that I wanted to be around golf. So I came home from Washington State to Chabot College local, um, played a year at Chabot College, love Chabot College. The program's no longer, but awesome. Uh, the coach, Zach Papacristos, Bay Area legend for sure. He, he ran the team for a while, but went there for a year and then actually went a year and lived overseas after that in New Zealand just because I was at home and I was tired of being at home. So I just did that. Um, that was a good experience. And then came back, lived with my cousins in Temecula, where then I played last year, two, or two years ago, for Mount San Jacinto College, another junior college there. Uh, practice there out at Saboba Springs, which is out um, in San Jacinto area. Cool, cool course. Uh, had a good time playing with them. And then my cousins knew the athletic director at Vanguard, who said, oh, you, you know, your, co your cousin uh, doesn't have – I didn't know if I was going to go back to school or what. And then he says, hey, you know, you know uh, we're starting a golf team and we're looking for people. So I said – okay, that sounds cool. It's in Orange County. It's near the, you know, near the beach, all that stuff. I can play golf. I can graduate in two more years. And so did all that and then played, had a great time playing there. And, um, and then obviously I'd be graduating this spring, but everything went to heck. So yeah, <laughs> things, that's, that's kind of my golf story. changed a little bit. Yeah, no, that's I, right. I want to jump back into a little bit too. That time you took off to like go to New Zealand, were you able to take the sticks with you? And if you were, or if you weren't, you know, talk us through New Zealand a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So I honestly went there. I was just, I was in a weird place. I just like, didn't really want to go to school and kind of needed some time. I loved living with my parents, but it was tough being 20 and living with your parents, you know, and stuff was going on there. So I said, you know, let's take a year off, figure, you know, figure out what I'm going to do. So I had one contact in New Zealand and was supposed to get a job through him or him and his buddy. But then something tragic actually happened to the guy that I had a job lined up with. So then I just was, I just knew my dad's buddy and he, uh, and then I went to the, actually was at this bar with his local bar and was just telling people, Hey, I'm from California. I had a job. <laughs> could you help me out? You know, since so, so kind of said it to the next guy. And then I finally, he's like, Oh, it's, you know, take me to this guy named Keith, uh, hilarious Kiwi guy. But he, uh, he said, dude, all right, seven 30 tomorrow morning, I'll pick you up and we'll go to the construction site down the road in St. Heliers. And so I somehow got a job in doing construction. It was a, this stern South African guy that was, I'll never forget him, but he, uh, he ran the show. He did a great job. And so I was working. So then I literally worked construction and then on the weekends I'd travel around and, my friend was in Sydney at the time, which is a three, two and a half, three hour flight. So I went and lived with him for a couple of weeks and it was just, it's just a good year to reset. And, you know, I was, I wanted to do something tough too. So the construction was tough and they were, they give me crap for being, you know, <laughs> the, the young American kid. They loved, that was always funny to them. Oh, I'm I mean, sure that played, that played oh, well and often on, on the job site. I oh, can yeah. imagine. <laughs> oh, they loved it. They loved having, <laughs> making fun of me and stuff, but I was into it. So. 
Cool, man. And that's, and that's, that's awesome too. Cause I feel like not too many people, you know, whether it's going to college or, or figuring it out once they get into college kind of feel like, all right, well, I either have the option to go and just do it or go and drop out. Like not many people have that like reset year and then like end up going back. So I feel like that's really cool to be able to hear that like someone like yourself has done it. And then obviously is starting to see success, you know, in their own personal endeavors of, of starting a business like you have. And, um, now Vanguard was an NI, NAIA school. Um, was any of your previous colleges, obviously you said Washington State, which was uh, NCAA. Was there any major differences between the NAIA and the NCAA as far as like play or competitiveness? You know, they're definitely, it's definitely one step below. Um, I also grew up watching, you know, UC Berkeley, my mom's team. They're, they're up and after it. They, those girls work really hard and they're playing a lot of golf. And I was, I love golf, but it was just for me, I've found recently to keep it perfect, keep the, keep the happiness with it. It's better that I play a lot, but not a lot, a lot, if you know what I mean, you know? Oh yeah. But I, I, I need a lot. I, I, I just was finding that medium, but go for it. It's, I, a I, lot I played where, it. it's a lot where it turns into that, the job, when it becomes yeah. a job rather 100%. than the enjoyment. Yeah then it's too much. Dante, you yeah. took the words right out of my mouth. Um, I played at the D3 level and obviously we were a little bit more laxed. Um, we were in a very same scenario when I stepped on campus, we were just starting a golf program. Um, so it was kind of like getting the feels for it, you know, not really like knowing, okay, you know, how do, our practice is structured. We, we had a basketball coach that kind of came in and ran it as like a JV basketball squad. It wasn't that intense, but um, Isaiah, who's usually on the podcast with this, um, he went to college at Liberty University, which is a division one program. And he went, he left high school saying, this is my job. Like I'm, I'm going for golf is my job. I'm approaching it as a job. I want to work 40 plus hours a week at it. Like that's what I want to do. Um, so there's just two totally different mindsets there. I think from a lot of guys that go to the D one level, they know it going in that it's like, that's, that's their end all be all. And they're going to make a run at some sort of professional ranks after the division one level. And, and I think from our D three perspective, it's like, man, we're just happy to play and play a lot. And, right. uh, and, and know that that's not the end all end all scenario is, is playing right, golf right. for a living. Right. Yeah. It just, when it gets, it was like, like you said, it was a good way to put it. Once it gets to a job, it's just like, yeah, uh, sure. it, that's perfectly put. Perfectly put. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I want to talk a little bit too, cause I, I don't think we've mentioned yet, you know, what was your major uh, in school? What did you end up, you know, well, you would have graduated in the spring this year. What were you going to study that uh, might've led you into starting your own company? I uh, was a business administration major. Um, I was always doing that kind of stuff. I was always interested in that. Um, that was even before the dawn of like starting to, you know, thinking to start a golf bag. I was just genuinely interested in that. And I thought it was probably the quickest way to financial freedom was to, you know, be, have a business major and do that. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel like, uh, and maybe Dante can speak on this too, because that was uh, similar to his background, um, is more on the, like the finance and business side of things. But uh, I feel like, you know, no matter where you go in life, even on the, like, as me, myself studying architecture, you need, if you want to run your own firm down the line, a business-minded set. You need to understand how a business works, you know, how to meet profits and stuff like that. So um, there's so much you can get into. I feel like the world is kind of 
your oyster at almost as a business major. You have so many avenues to go down. You're not locked really into one lane a- after you graduate. So um, it's really cool to hear that that that's was kind the, of your background. That's the positive and negative side of it. It's so <laughs> broad, depending on what you go for. Like accounting is a little bit more, you know, one one road you're going down that way. But if you're going for like business administration or you do something a little more on the broader scale, it opens up for a lot of opportunities, but then it, then it twists your mind too. It says, well, oh crap, like, well, which road do I want to go down? So it's got its positives and negatives, but it's definitely something, you know, I've picked up a lot of skills um, from my classes and I've been able to take them to their workforce and then even bring it to here. Uh, So it's always good to get that education. And then even, even if you, you know, have a business degree and you want to learn other aspects of it too, because, you know, you, you know, you start a business, you start like design. So now you got to figure all that out, you know, the graphic design work, all that, the computer details and how they use those types of applications. So it it goes hand in hand. So definitely if anybody's out there going to school for one thing and, you know, pick business up as a minor or vice versa. Yeah, so no I'm, doubt. I feel like there's so many that. ways it can it can lend to uh, just being beneficial down the road and uh, and kind of helping you out and whatever you you find yourself getting into. Now I have to ask the bags. Did you did you make one like out of the out of the blue and you were like, and I can make something better than the rest of the bags out there? And is that how it got started? Or how did you get started in saying you know what golf bags are what I want to do? All right, here we go. um so i remember i was at junior college if you want to know if there was a moment per se i want um, the moment (laughs) this is as close as where we're going to get to a moment but uh i'll give it to you um so it was actually uh my dad's course they were actually demolitioning the old pro shop which was like from 1920 something and redoing a uh you know doing a brand spanking new one this was a couple years ago it's done now but the days before they were about to demo the whole shop and bag room, there was, uh, I remember my dad and the assistant pro were cleaning stuff out and there'd just be these bags, stuff that like was so old that, you know, it just kind of got put in a nook and no one ever saw it. So we were uncovering, you know, stuff from the fifties. And then there was like this fifties bag that was super skinny and like cool leathery looking. And I was like, Dang, that's actually kind of cool. So it was pouring rain, but I remember I picked it up and I was like, all right, going to play with it. And they're like, dude, come on, what are you doing? Man? <laughs> like, no, I'm going to play with it. Like, this is cool. You know, all this stuff. So I could, you know, to did a couple holes and I was like, this thing's cool. Like I, I feel kind of cool with this thing, you know? And, um, and then I went, I remember I went home and I like bought some metal wire, like uh, aluminum flat bar from Home Depot. And I was putting that in it to give it some structure, right? Like this one, I'll get to this one in a second. <laughs> To give it some structure, would put a little bar in it, but it was just a little thing. And then from there, I was like, go on YouTube. I've always been super into, you know, creating stuff like that. That's why there's a sewing machine sitting right here at the kitchen table, like that kind of stuff. But it was from there. And then from there, I was like, dude, I should just do my, my own bag. Like what? Like, and literally from there, from there on, it was this, this, this feeling in my stomach, like, dude, you should do these bags. And then I just literally, I swear, I'd wake up in the middle of the night dude, what are you doing? Like these bags could be really cool. And it, for me, it was, I was sitting there because I started thinking about it too. And like all the bags are the dang same. It's the same bag. It's either you show up to the bag rack and it was, you go Titleist, Callaway, <laughs> Titleist, 
Titleist, gray, black, gray, gray, black, gray. It's like, what are we doing here? You know, there's guys showing up with knickers and pink polka dot shirts (laughs) and whatever hat, you know, he can do it there, but he, he doesn't have the ability to do it with his bag. You know, and I was like, this, this can't be that hard of a fix. So that then I just started buying stuff from Home Depot and taking it, finding welders in my area, talking to them, trying to explain it. There was like a a year period where it was like trying to explain something with your hands to someone who doesn't know what golf is and where pockets are is, is not easy. And that took two years, I would say, of like explain, okay, we need this you know, like cylinder with this, (laughs) it just wasn't working. Yeah. I can only imagine going from like a, uh, most welders have a either very, you know, very like automotive technical background or they're working on high, like high end parts and stuff like that to get them to like dumb it down to almost, I don't want to say dumb it down because the golf bag is still a very awesome piece of art, but it's like to dumb their technical minds down to just like a, Hey, golf bag. (laughs) <laughs> I can't right, even right. imagine how, how difficult that conversation must have been. Right, right. And then they'd be like, oh, uh, okay, so uh, it'd be some stern stern old guy. And he'd be, okay, so how many thousand do you want? I'm like, okay, next one. You know what I mean? It'd just be <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Every, it, we'd almost get there and then you'd just like, they just can't, they just don't. So it was tough finding the right people. And I actually took it to the welding department at Orange Coast College. That's how we actually figured out getting the original, this frame. So this is actually the first like, usable bag nice. we ever made if you can see it and it's just super simple skeleton like that so divider which gives it a you know structure right and then just two pockets like phone and pocket this obviously wasn't enough and then the rangefinder pocket up top Nice. Now for the people that aren't watching on YouTube, the podcast listeners, he showed us basically a metal frame bag with a nice white leather around it. Um, and it basically had an exoskeleton inside of it. That was a majority of metal, if I'm correct. And then, uh, and then basically had a, or aluminum and then, uh, basically had a, a, a circle at the top with an X across it and, uh, pretty much went straight down accordingly. So, uh, really neat. And, and I guess that was, you, you said your first prototype to get made officially, Yes. So we had the frame done. We were taking the frame around to people. Um, I guess this was when I was doing it, but yeah, I was taking the frame around to people and, and then, and then, then we, so then we had the frame and then I'm taking it, you know, different. Okay. Could you, could you sew this? Okay. Could you sew this? Did give it to six people. This one was the best. And then we were rolling with these for the, you know, and then I was doing it and then I was saying, you know, man, like people think your bag is cool. Can we do, you know, can we do 10 more? And then that worked a couple of times and then stuff just ended up not worth working with him. Uh, we stopped seeing eye to eye, but it was, we took a different route from there, but we, we know we can go back to this if we need. And that's on the schedule for sure. Nice. So there's definitely like some, uh, some tricks up the sleeve, I guess you could say as far as uh, iterations and and designs down the line. Yes. Technology and like just making it more like, giving it as much utility as possible is something that I don't think anyone's really thinking about. I, I think I'm one of, I'm one of few people that are losing sleep over utility of a golf bag. You know, I can guarantee you, I know they're not um, just kind yeah. of being around golf for as long as I have. And now granted, you know, people might laugh at that. I'm only 25 years old. So I, I've been around it for 
close to 20 years though. I've, I've started since I was five, but you know, when you look at the actual necessities of the pocket, it's like, okay, well you have gloves, you have some balls, you have the, obviously the range finder and newly the phone, you know, it's like, what is, what is this little plush valuables pocket really doing anymore? And it, it's changing with the times and it's like anything else. If you look at it, anything that was designed back in like the early, you know, nineties is, is probably not sufficient for what we do and what we need now. And I think right. that's where a lot of the, you know, the bag that you make and, and even just a lot of the Sunday carries kind of fit the bill nowadays. Um, now, now I would love to, for you to walk us through maybe, you know, kind of what you're at now, how, how the bag that you currently have is, is really structured and, and what all goes into the design around the bag currently. Um, so then what happened from there is we were doing these and then it stopped and we were looking for sewing machines or like some way to go that route. Um, then I actually found this guy online who's doing them now where we have the ability to, these are the ones you're all seeing, which are any design, any fabric, you name it, we do it. You know what I mean? And that was really, I like, that was really, whoa, for a lot of people, you know, and I, still don't think we've done a great job portraying because a lot of people will, will, you know, message, you know, email or message and say, you know, so how exactly can I send my, you know, and I <laughs> haven't done a perfect job explaining it, but the thing, what I say to people is you can go take a selfie like that. We'll put it on a golf bag the next day. It's, it's cool that we figured out how to get the patterns, print the patterns, put them on the bag. So I think that's a really cool concept that we're doing now and definitely something no one else is doing 100 percent. and i think the, the best way to describe it too which a lot of people don't know like when, when we first started doing uh you know material and and some merchandise too it, the the word sublimination to me just was completely foreign and dante had to explain it to me um, love it and, and yeah favorite. dante explain <laughs> it to the listeners now because i think a lot of people still get maybe hung Good up point. on that description because yeah. they just don't know what so, it means and tyler i mean you're even more expert because you get it done uh, but from when I worked in a lacrosse store, a lot of the jerseys eventually went from, you know, you know, it almost kind of looked like a football jersey. It just had like little hole nets and then just colored uh, fabric. And then you could just press a number on it. When you go into sublimation, it, it's cool because you can put any type of design on it. You can do any type of color and whatsoever. So what sublimation is, it's basically a white piece of cloth fabric or whatever. And then you have like whatever design that you want. So say you want, um, so I'm looking at my desk here. We have, you know, the, the, the enjoy the walk shield, the ETW shield, the, you know, the blue and shield. So say we want that on it and like just printed just like all over the place, like a thousand times. And in that color, you can go get that print and then it, you can just get that uh, fabric or that white. It's like usually printed on white and then you just get that thing printed on there and it comes in almost like it's infused into the product, whether it's not necessarily pressed onto. And that's like when you get like a lot of cheap $10 t-shirts or whatever, they usually hand press them on. So it gets pressed on top of the fabric. And that's where sometimes when you buy certain t-shirts and like, say you go to concerts or whatnot, you get those $15 tees and then you use them all the time. And then throughout years, they start peeling off with a sublimated product that will, you'll never see that. And it's like nice and soft material. That's from my aspect of a, a, from like lacrosse. So you can do all types of designs. You can do anything you want with it. And that basically that uh, logo or whatever you printed on there will, will stay that way for, for ever. And you have endless 
possibilities of what you can necessarily do with what you want printed on your your fabric or shirt or bag or whatever you want. The best way that you described it to me, like when we first got it done, was basically like you're weaving, you're essentially weaving the print like into whatever material that you're you're using. And I think that's like stands you know, so far above the rest of these bags that are out there. Cause like you said, it's like, you just have these like monotone, like gray, blue, black, maybe a red, if you get some patriotic bags out there, but it's like, you're not seeing like full on printed patterns, printed logos, print, you know, anything. And I think that's where like the, the opportunity is just kind of endless. Like you said. Yeah. It's, 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 I love anytime you get, if I'm, want to get something i want to get something sublimated because it just it just looks so clean it, it just looks pure and it comes out really good very detailed you're not it, it, it's not like folded it's not smudged or you know if you're trying to get like say you have a design where you have like a real fine line that's really tiny that sublimating will be able to pinpoint that rather than some you know if you're actually like sewing it in there it might be difficult for you to actually get like that needle pinpointing that actual like one line of the logo. So it, it, it just opens up for more opportunity and it just, in overall, it just looks cleaner. Yes. So, so then with that being said, like nobody else is really out there doing it. I don't think. And that begs the question, like why take on such a massive industry? I guess it is my, is our like kind of, you know, look on it like you know you have like you said the titleists the callaways the pings the you know the ping has had a staple in the the bag industry forever with the ping hoofer and you know the most collegiate bags to this day are all ping hoofers or or something like the police the ping collegiate bag um I, obviously you know not your bags are sunday carry so they don't have the stands on it but still like why take on such a big industry and and think that like there's there's room for you pretty much I would say because where golf is right now is getting to a place where the the vintage, the classic is now really making a return that just started two years ago and is now really, really popular. I would say um, I kind of saw to be honest, I kind of saw that coming a little bit where that old school stuff, like the rope hats started to become cool. <laughs> and I noted stuff like that. Uh, what else? Seamus golf started to be cool. Stuff like that. I was like, okay, so Nike, Nike was always like super progressive, super athlete, modern athlete, but then they kind of started losing steam in golf. They were huge probably what, eight, 10 years ago before, before the whole, the club stopped. I feel like they were running it. Absolutely. And then the style now has changed. And then, I, and then I got online and saw there's a bunch of people like you who are doing these classic like golf, you know, and all the guy, a bunch of the accounts that I interact with now, um, kind of you know similar to Seamus and Jones and McKenzie stuff like that and then there's obviously small brands but I saw that and I was I was initially really inspired by Seamus but then I also thought wow we, I think we could do Seamus but I think we could do more I think we could I think there's even more to be innovated here because I love what Seamus does and they uh but I just thought I thought that we could add even more we could even bring modern into play because like the classic they're like uber classic, them, Mackenzie and Jones, uber classic, but they're not modern. And I think we're like clashing the two pretty hard, which I think that the people, the golfers are ready for right now. 
I think they're ready for that modern and technological fix too. I, I would totally agree. I think there's, you know, just looking at some of the prints, you know, people that don't follow you yet, please, for the love of God, go follow him at Tyler golf bags on Instagram. Um, yeah. I mean, some of these prints are just absolutely incredible. You know, they're like flower prints. I'm looking at some azaleas here with, you know, the pinks, the whitish pinks, the greens, they're just, they pop off of your golf bags. And it's like, you don't, like you said, it's like, you don't get that with like a Seamus or, a, or a McKenzie or a Jones because they're, they're so, so branded in that classical style that they're not going to break that to put this crazy floral, almost like now granted, this is in no disrespect, but almost like your great grandmother's couch from like, you know, 1925. It's yeah. like, it's like those kind of crazy prints. And it's like, that's awesome man and it's like that's why I, I think that's perfectly uh, perfectly good description is that's where the niche is and i think that's and, where the the outstanding of opportunity is and and i'll have to agree i i think it's sick because golf it i don't think many people like to to state it but it is also a fashion statement at times but what you're saying is you're bringing back and everybody loves the the where the game came from the classic you know, that touch, that vintage look and that vintage look is coming back. But if you go back, like even like when you look at the Seamus, the, the Jones, the McKenzie's and even your bag, it's, it's got that classic style, which it, it's almost an appreciation to what golf uh, at the time went up and coming to like what it is now. Cause like you were saying, Nike it, to me. So Nike, you know, they were, they're huge. They were huge in the club making. They're huge in, in all their type of merchandise. However, they're still on the, they're still on the course. They're still in the field. And a lot of the athletes are Nike uh, clothing athletes. So a lot of these players are, you know, they're all wearing the same. They're all, they're all, they're, look how many Nike athletes are out there on the course that are represented by Nike. They all look the same. And that, and that's not what golf is. Golf is a very unique individualized game. So you have, not only do you have you as a person, you have what, your swing's different. Everybody's swing's different, you know, and even like what you represent. So, you know, even like the clothing that you wear represents who you are as, as a person. So the personality on the game also will represent, you know, your playability on the game. And it seems like Nike can kind of take away from that. And I'm not bashing Nike, but that's just their brand. It's, uh, it seems everything's one you know, one dimension rather than like what you're trying to do is you're, and, and you see like Jones and all of them, they're bringing that vintage aspect, that vintage style back, which I really love. I love that aspect. Cause even if you go back and look at Google images of like Ben Hogan and you know, all those, all, you know, Bobby Jones and uh, Lee Trevino, they, they had this swagger that they brought to them and like their style and whatnot. And that's kind of what your bag's also doing is you're bringing that, that vintage, you're bringing that uniqueness and you're bringing that individuality coming into the game. You have that, you have that classic style, but you're bringing that uniqueness. you bring that, bring that personality. And that's what I love about it. And that's what you're seeing into the game. And that, that's what golf is. You, you gotta, you gotta let the individual individuality bring with what's coming. And I just, I, I love it. Now, speaking on that individuality, um, talk us through the design process. Like if someone reaches out to you today and says, listen, I've got a print that you've never done before. How do we get it done? So if you, if you have a print that you have in, you know, uh, 
digital file. So like whatever, JPEG, PNG, it doesn't, well, they're all the same. <laughs> you have it on a digital file. I mean, I just say that because the one thing it can't be is like, I'll get some where it's like, they'll send me a picture of like an eBay <laughs> listing for like a shirt. And I'll just be like, this pattern's great. And I wish I could, but if, unless you can find it online, I can't do it. So, um, which actually leads me to another thing is there's these, uh, these online vector vector is a, it's essentially an image, but it's math based as opposed to, you guys probably know this, but math based as opposed to pixel based. So mm -hmm. if it's this big, if you make it this big, it's not going to lose resolution as in, but if you did that with it. So any vector, anything, if you send that over, we can do it. If it's a picture, if it's a selfie of you and your grandson, we'd love to put you and your grandson, anything, you know, any, any video file or any, not video file, any picture file, we can put it on the bag. And I was just going to say, if, if you were uh, starting to put video, right if you were putting videos on bags, I was about to end this right now and start right. talking some proprietary information. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. But no, that, and that's really cool to know that just like, you know, the, the, the world's, you know, the, everything is available. There's no limit pretty much. Cause like, you know, you, you see so many, when people just go, it just goes back to the conversation. Like when people go to the store for bags or even order on most chain retailers, there's limits, there's four colors maybe, and that's it. And, you know, I think that's, what's so strong about the opportunity with your bags. It's just like, there's so many cool options and, um, mm -hmm. And, and just ways to go about it. I mean, you know, you've done some proofs for us in the past too. And, you know, it's not only just the print on the bag, um, the accessories as far as the strap, the pockets, everything can be customized all the way down to, you know, the leather color on the top, middle, bottoms. I mean, everything is just able to be customized. And um, that's what kind of blew us away. was just like, all right, he's not just using like one leather and then putting different kinds of, you know, prints in between. It's, it's top to bottom and everything in between seems highly customizable. Yeah. And that that's actually become cool because something I didn't think about was it, actually how the consumer and the, the customers would shape like innovation and few, for, uh, future customers. So for example, there was um, one guy, I don't remember who it was, but he said, hey, what if I, what if I, you know, put my name on the strap? I was thinking, I, you know, put your name on the strap. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, it was kind of like, well, <laughs> no one's done that, but that actually sounds kind of awesome. And if, I don't know if you've seen any of the ones with the sub, with like the sublimation uh, personalization on the strap, that looks really cool. And that's, I have my, like, I finally got one for myself, but I have mine coming and I'm, I'm putting that on mine. I think that's the coolest thing to have because it's just right there on your strap and it's, it's a really cool piece. It was cool to see, actual others you know take ideas from people you know that was cool to see that just like wow it's not just a, it's not just my creativity now now everyone's you know chipping into this i think that's and that's so strong on on a design aspect i think that's a lot of the ways that just different businesses grow in general you know it, it's taking something that you know maybe a um maybe a customer you know has never asked for before and all of a sudden like you said you get that one request and it's like holy crap, you know, I, I never thought about that. That needs to be on every bag. Like that needs to be an option for everybody because that's, that's so, that's so amazing. It's like you said, once you get it there, it just pops and it's on your shoulder and it's just, it's game changing. And, you know, I think every business sees that in some way, shape or form. And that's just a testament to you and the, you know, and the ability 
to grow and to be able to take customer, you know, questions and, and make them reality. So it's really cool to be able to see that, you know, you, you aren't just stuck in, you know, okay, I've done it this way. We're only going to do it this way. It's like you, you're able to also build, grow and expand on the designs that you have in house and, and aren't afraid to kind of just push the limits on even your own designs, which are already pushing the limits. Right. Right. And it was always, even when we were doing the old aluminum ones, I will say I always was super open. It was always like, it was my thing. And I tell people, Hey dude, so I'm making a golf bag. And you know, people say that you're making a golf bag. What do you, you know what I mean? And then, but then I'd say, what do you think? And I'd always leave whoever it was, my five-year-old cousin, I'd say, what do you think? What, what would you do? You know, if, whoever it was, I mean, you know, I talked to some people who played a bunch of golf to, you know, just friends and family and there's whatever. I just let everyone just give me what, what you're <laughs> thinking and give it, you know, cause I didn't want to, I wanted to, in all humility, just like gather as much creative power as you possibly could. And mm -hmm. I think that's, what's done a lot for this product is like that, that we've been so open, just like give it to me, you know? Yeah, a hundred percent. You almost have to be that when you're starting out with, uh, with, you know, what starts out as a, prototype and, and grows into, you know, your version one, version two. Um, now, now you talked a little bit earlier about, you know, there possibly being things down the line that you're looking to evolve into. What's, what's maybe next step? You know, I, I don't want to go into two, three, four steps down the line for you and, and, and release something you're not ready to, but you know, what's next step for you? you you've gotten kind of this awesome uh, setup going and people really are responding well to it. You know, what's the next uh, kind of addition or maybe even just kind of step in, in growing what you already have. Awesome. Um, so we, we actually just started taking orders. I remember we, 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 I was able to finally take orders like on February 13th. So that's almost two months now. <laughs> Um, but after a month I started actually getting, and now I'm working on getting hats and I mean, after it, it took a while to finally feel like a legitimate golf brand. And now with where we've gotten recently, I feel like now I'm, I'm now I'm online all day trying to get hats, everything, you know, and bringing our, the same creativity to towels. I really want to do because I feel like that's kind of the same deal. I feel like towels also have a lot of room to be very customizable and cool. Um, but as far as the bag goes, I think we're gonna go back and bring back the structured frame. I really like the structured frame. I like the way that it, it's not gonna slouch on you in the cart, which is huge. Um, it just makes it a little easier. Uh, and I like the look and I think people think it's cool that it's, it's just such a, it's just different. It's just so different. I think. Yeah, and well, I and I guess talk to me too a little bit. The weight difference, maybe between the uh, aluminum bag and what you have now, is there much at all? I mean, or you know, how much are we giving up going to the aluminum? Uh honestly, not that much. Uh, this one has a really hefty skeleton, but ever since then, we've just been cutting. I've just okay. These twelve inches could go. These yeah. twelve inches, you know what I mean? Just yep. slowly getting them down, and now it's like. It's not even much of a skeleton. It's more just two circles connected by two beams or two little pieces of aluminum flat bar. So it's pretty simple, honestly. But I think the frame, you guys know what it's like to have a, a carry bag in a car. And it can suck sometimes, you know? It's. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 So that's, that's something I don't. Yeah. And, and for me as a player, obviously, you know, our brand and just me as a, ever since I joined my golf course and they said, you know, walking 
they're not going to charge you for walking, which is great. I know some courses do that, which I think is the most idiotic thing ever, but that's a different rabbit hole to uh, go down. I won't even know. But ever since I started, when I joined and then I was like, let me ditch the cart and started walking. It was the biggest eye-opening thing and the most, it just made golf that much better for me and more fun and more enjoyable and just it, it, it took a there it was just that missing piece it didn't feel like i didn't feel rushed or anything i felt like i was out there i could just enjoy my time and walk however i always struggled finding that bag you know i always you know i had you know i found this light i found this light bag however it was a carry bag and it and, and it folded down you know and it and or i did this stand bag but it was just too bulky for me or the or the straps didn't I didn't like the strap. There was always one little nuance of the bag. I'm very picky when it comes to bags. So that that's just me. I don't know how other people are. So when it comes to bags, I and, and when I when I walk, I want to be able to be able to have everything that I need for a bag, ha, you know, throw it up on the shoulder and go. Yet if I do have that and I like the bags tiny, compact, small, so it's easier for me to walk when I carry, but if there's times where I want to hop in a cart and I want to strap it into the cart, and then it flops it's very annoying and frustrating and it seems like that new skeleton that you have almost is that missing piece just in case if you know i'm in in an outing or something where everybody's or i'm in a group where everybody's riding you know let me or i'm going out for a a a second round for 36 i'm a little beat up you know let me just enjoy this round and just throw the bag on there that's something that you have that you're implementing and that you don't really see too often in these sunday carry walking bags Right. Yeah. And I, going on from there too, like how you said the, I like, like how you like, it's just nice to have the thing on your, it's like backpacking. I don't know. It just like gives you that you're kind of out there and it's you versus the course more so. And it's, it's, that gets even into the point, which is like, it's, it's beating the golf that the golf that has created a negative image is like corporate sitting in carts. Don't even like golf right are there because they want to tell their other corporate friends that they played golf you know at this at xyz course and it's like that's kind of been going on for since the turn of the century maybe i don't know but that golf is so has created such a negative image but i feel like what we stand for is so far from that and walking you know you three buddies playing because we're buddies and we want to go play golf and have a couple beers you know i can tell you right now that vibe that we're like being a part of and trying to help grow it seems like it's catching like wildfire right now it seems like there's so many more people that are realizing that golf is not just that sport for you know and and it's all it it, just backtracking real quick it's it's been made that way i think in movies too because they always portray the the golfer to have to wear these funky uptight pants pants and you know just these tight stuffy shirts with a collar and you have to be this or that way it's like now we're bringing t-shirts and like vibe and music and and you know good just all around like relaxed kicked back vibes back to the golf course and that's where the strong point is and i I think that's where i mean we're just touching the surface i think in the in the ability for golf to grow and just boom here in the next decade and another and another great thing you know, you hit a bad shot. You want to blow off some steam, you know, walk it out, walk, walk it out. <laughs> That's another great thing because let me tell you, I, I get pretty steamed out there and I have some friends that uh, I'm working on it, but, um, but no, if you hit like a bad shot, you know, you have more time in between shots to just walk it out. And by the time you get to that, 
you know, you get to your ball, you're not as you just you're like, all right, um, I put that back, uh, put that past me, put that behind me, it's moving on, I'm onto this shot now. And so it gives you that, it gives you a little bit more time rather than, you know, you're heated, you get in the cart, you're all flustered, you and then the cart takes off and everything's just in a rush and you're just yeah. you just get aggravated, you know, you get pissed off, throw that throw that bag on your shoulder you walk it out you take a you have your beer or whatever drink in your hand take a few sips up up to the next shot you're shooting the shit with your buddies boom you're out you're out playing golf that's behind you it's moving it's moving on yeah i feel like there's definitely something too for me especially with a carry bag i will say when it's the shot and it's okay we, okay i've hit the okay 160 in okay hit the nine iron okay I, i'm not happy with it you know okay i'm mad I'm mad. Okay, we pick up, you know what I mean? You pick up the bag and <laughs> yeah. go, and it's, maybe, you're, maybe you wait there for a second. Okay, okay, I'm still mad. You know what I mean? I'm still mm-hmm. frustrated. Okay, we're ready to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, 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 that 160 like, yards, yeah, that 160 yards when you're walking it feels like an eternity instead of, I'll always say, I play way worse when I'm riding just because I'm on top of my ball so quick. I have no, no time to think about it. Like I even feel like when you're walking too, it just gives you that moment to say, all right, like forget about the bad shot. And then like, as you're taking those 50, 60, 70 steps, however many steps to get to the next shot, you're thinking about, all right, well, do you know, how do I want to approach this next shot? It gives you that like extra, you know, probably at least two to three minutes longer to think about, Hey, how am I going to hit this shot? You know, what, how do I, you know, really want to play this shot? And it also gets you, I feel like you're, when you're walking too, you have, better idea of you know the land underneath you to actually see how the ball's reacting to the shot ahead too because you're also you're not just rolling up on it jumping out of a cart and saying well what what happened the last like 40 yards 50 right, yards right. you understand the course better when you're walking so you know hence why we're the enjoy the walk podcast i, I, right. I will i will i will stand on the last limb for carrying your clubs and walking the golf course but that's neither here nor we, there we will fight you to the end of time for that one no <laughs> doubt about it now you've uh, you've got to spend some time. Obviously, being out in California, there's just a plethora of golf courses, and I, that could be a whole other podcast, just talking about how many golf courses are out there and which one's your favorite, and this, that, and the other. But um, I want to focus in on Goat Hill Park and the time you got to spend there. Um, talk us through a little bit of your experience there. You know, you got to take a little uh, few photos there and hang out with some of the guys from Link Soul, I believe. You know, talk us through just your time there and and how great Goat Hill Park is. All right, yeah. First off, two years ago, I was on my on my on YouTube and saw some pro video for Goat Hill Park, and from then on, I was just like, "This is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life." How hard this stands for, you know, what we were talking about. How hard this stands for that is just insane. But amen, yeah, <laughs> it's it's awesome what they're doing. But yeah, so then what happened was I was doing the bags, and the first couple weeks I was doing them. I was just aggressively like messaging people and stuff to be quite honest. Honestly, a lot of you have to, yeah. A lot of people are probably listening to this. Yeah. That damn guy was (laughs) stopped DMing me. But anyway, I'm up. (laughs) (laughs) This one of the guys said, Hey dude, you know, uh, come down and play Goat Hill park, uh, on our Friday skins game. We'd love to have you. So sweet. So showed up to Goat Hill park, got there ready for the game. And then, um, the guy Eli who runs it actually came up and he said, okay, so it's going to be you, um, Andrew, Tyler, and John, John Ashworth. And that was, <laughs> I was really surprised to be with him. I've, I mean, you guys, I'm sure you guys are aware. Like, so 
Yeah, I, I mean, for, for those who maybe don't follow the game as closely as we do, we like to think our listeners have a good bead on the uh, the golf industry. But if you don't, please kindly hit pause and go check out John Ashworth real quick. You'll be surprised what uh, he's had his hands in the mix in the golf industry the last, you know, 20, 30 years. Yeah, and so I, I just – I thought it was weird that I did this whole thing with the golf bag, started it, and then, like, went right into it. Sean Ashworth kind of just appears, you know, I thought that was weird. I, I never really talked to him about it or anything, but it was just, I just thought it was a bit bizarre that uh, that kind of all came together and it's cool to talk to him and be around him. He's a really interesting guy. Um, although that's not really what he wants to talk about there. He kind of, that's kind of their thing. Like, like we're talking about, they kind of have their, we play golf on Fridays at three, you know, yeah. and he didn't, once you know I, I could tell that they didn't want me to show up and you know talk numbers and all that kind of stuff it was, it's a cool sure. it's just such a cool like their time to play golf and be buddies and you know their community there is so cool yeah and I feel like that's the very it's like Goat Hill is like the west coast winter park nine um as far as just camaraderie community and you know just being out there because you want to play golf and hang out with the guys have a few beers like you said on a Friday afternoon um, and just kind of kick back, unwind, and and let business, you know, be aside from everything, and just enjoy the game for what it is. Um, something that I, I don't know if a lot of folks know about, but I think it's growing in popularity. The wish bro, the wishbone brawl um, that's out there, man. We, we actually, um, how I got introduced to having any kind of Link Soul product was uh, last year when when Jeff Ogilvy won uh, the wishbone brawl via ace on, on the third playoff or whatever um I, I was following them on instagram and uh, on their live i basically said how how great would this be if he walked it off right now and uh someone on the other end of the live commented back and they said well if that happens who's your pick and i said oh jeff ogilvy will do it um and they said sounds great they said sounds great if 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 anyone walks it off we'll send you a free bag and then freaking Jeff uh-huh. Ogilvy dunks it like 10 seconds after we made that agreement. So uh, it was pretty cool. And, and I have to say, I, I do enjoy their Sunday carry as well and have had many it's loops awesome, with man. it. And, awesome, uh, you know, an awesome advocate for their brand as well out there because they're kind of on the same, you know, yes. beat as we are. It's just that's what they're about. They're on the laid back side of the golf industry. And uh, it's what we love to advocate for. They're so big. it was uh, – is the Goat Hill skins game, does that run similar to the Winter Park skins game? I would say the way Winter Park works their skins matches, it's basically tensums. Um, you go out, you pick up after birdie. Because um, basically, you know, I think there was about 70 or 80 people down there when we played in it. Um, so basically somebody through 80 people was making birdie at one of their, you know, one of the holes. Um, so basically I think two eagles got skins throughout the whole nine. Uh, mm-hmm. but that's how they ran their skins match but uh it was a lot of fun and uh it yeah it was just wondering if that's how uh goat hill runs their their friday afternoon skins matches you know it was it was more like five sums but in each group there was i noticed in multiple groups there was like people hanging out or just stragglers you know they're just there for the heck of it and i remember i'm pretty sure you got a free yeah you got a free beer with your the fee covers the free beer after the round. So that's cool. And they're, you're super encouraged to come and stay. They have a really cool patio area there. And uh, looks like we might need to start booking some tickets and get out to uh, um, Oceanside, California for the yeah, they, skins game. They had, they were open last week. They were doing what I was saying, like a, like a Uber golf kind of deal. Like where, yeah. you, where you would Venmo 
and get a time and then show up and not have to touch or see anyone. I actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I had seen their practices. I saw them post a bunch about it and I had actually reached out before they ended up closing. Uh, I reached out to our Congressman Larry Hogan in Maryland. And I basically said, listen, you know, we're doing a lot of things in Maryland that follow kind of the California way of, you know, handling this COVID-19. But I said, but this course in California is, you know, kind of adhering by the laws and everything, but still running their golf operations. And I said, I think if you were to open up golf courses, you should use Goat Hill as an example of the way to basically run uh, this golf industry right now, because they're doing it successfully and having a pretty good, um, pretty good way of, of keeping their doors open. Now, unfortunately, I think, and may, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they have since been, you know, demanded to shut down, unfortunately, but uh, it's like you said, I mean, where there's a will, there's a way when it comes to running golf courses like that. And I, you know, they were doing one person per group must have a reservation online. Yeah. They weren't really letting people use the practice facilities. Um, so there's, man, I just, I still think there's a will, there's a way to open back golf. Cause I, I miss it, man. Right. right now in California, if you're playing golf, it's full on speakeasy style. Uh, I don't know of a course that's open. Or, hey, that's, there's, uh, there's probably people doing it, I would guarantee. But I tell you what, there's going to be people. And, it, and it's so funny because like the 20s were the speakeasy of like our past generation. And now like the 20s are going to be our speakeasy of like the golf industry. And I absolutely love it. I'm all for it. Oh. I mean, Jersey's doing the doing the same thing. We're shut down. They they cannot open. I mean, like we were saying off camera, courses are, you know, people are sneaking on, and you know, people are finding out. And then you have, you know, the local police stations posting on their on their Facebook pages and all of their social media pages because let's face it, everybody's just drilled into their phone or computer right now because no one really can go anywhere. And they are highly recommended if they catch anybody seeing, they're going to take the necessary action on uh, you because it's basically private property. So, you're, you know, you are trespassing. So they are going to to take action on that. So, <laughs> but no, I can see that how depending on where you're at or whatnot, you can probably you got the speakeasy-esque of, of golf courses <laughs> going on. Hilarious. What a time. Full advocates for the speakeasy golf life. Now, oh, sure. yeah, but uh, you know, before before we let you go and get out of here and, and get back to fulfilling, I'm I'm sure as many orders as possible what you, you got going on. We gotta ask, you know, how do people um get in touch with you to maybe get their design started? Um and, and where can they follow you through this design process? Yeah, honestly, right now the best way to do it is just DM us on Instagram. I check that thing like four times a minute nowadays um, just because that's, that's the easiest way. It's the easiest way for me to send pictures. So yeah, I mean, literally I got to have it open at all times. It's open right there, but you, it, just DM me on Instagram, send if either say uh, there's a post that has all our favorite patterns, I call it, but either maybe say you want that the easiest way to say you want one of those with your name or send in your own and we'll get it. We'll get it moving. Um, Vectorstock.com is a great place to start. That's just got, it sounds like a free vector platform. It's awesome. But yeah, do that. TylerGolfBags.com, um, at TylerGolfBags, Instagram. Yeah, that's the best way. DM, do that. Love to get you going. We're slowing down right now, so we'll even hook you up with some deals. But yeah, we'll love to get you some bags and hopefully uh, 
things keep moving. For sure. And if folks have, have made it this far, you know, be on the lookout for uh, some of the custom stuff that he's done for Enjoy the Walk here in the, the past couple of weeks. We've, we've definitely got uh, some designs going. Uh, we haven't been, uh, been able to, you know, secure down the, the actual design we've wanted yet. We're still uh, in the design process, but he's done some killer uh, prototype designs for us. And, and we're hoping to uh, lock in one, you know, once, once things get oh, back yeah. to normal, we'll, uh, we'll do a nice release at the end, hopefully like end of summer. God, I would hope we're back to normal before that, but uh, we'll definitely get some stuff going, guys. We'll post about that, and uh, if you haven't checked out Tyler's Golf Bags, please go give it a like, give it a follow, um, and better yet, order a bag because uh, helping a great brand, a, g- a great guy build his brand in the industry. So, uh, Tyler, thanks for joining us this evening, man. We really appreciated the chat. and uh, hope Thank you, you so can- much for having it. It was fun. Yeah, man. I hope you can stay busy through this time and uh, we'll see you on the other side and uh, everybody get out there and carry their clubs and enjoy the walk. Shut it.